We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Wednesday, it's January 27th, it's 2021, and we have 12 basketball games to talk about here on today's show. I'm joined by my buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not too bad. The dog just decided to come downstairs, shake his collar, and then run back upstairs for no reason right when we started the podcast. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good made like $18 yesterday. So man, am I rich? Wow. You know, solid, solid day there, buddy. Yeah. It's always nice to have like a $5 win on every side I play for no apparent reason. Like it, it just, it's always funny having those nights where you pretty much make absolutely nothing. All your work was entirely pointless. Yeah. Solid. Um, we are presented by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, um, they're the fastest growing single DFS, single player DFS site out there. Get a matching 100% bonus up to $50 on your first deposit. Rotogrinders.com slash partner slash MKF. The description will have the link as well. So you guys can check that out. Uh, Grant, we have a lot to get through. We're just going to jump right in. Um, a lot of games, a lot, lot to talk about. Uh, not a lot of totals out. So yeah, it's always fun. Uh, we start with the Pacers. At Charlotte, um, no total in this game because Sabonis is questionable. Warren's out, Levert's out, uh, but Sabonis, obviously the big news here, um, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, and um, you know, obviously we're going to be watching this one. So let's start with the Pacers. Sabonis misses. You know, we're probably looking at Brogdon and Turner, right? I'm probably locking in Brogdon and Turner. Um, without Warren on the floor, without 
Sabonis on the floor and without Oladipo on the floor. Like it's not a huge sample size, but Brogdon in 43 minutes averages 61 points per 36. Like it's a 0.57 increase in fantasy points per minute. Turner gets a 0.33 and that's with a bigger sample size. Obviously with Turner, it's a much bigger benefit with Sabonis out. I don't know if the, uh, the numbers for Brogdon are fully um, reliable, but Miles Turner, I think it is. Miles Turner is an absolute lock and load for me. If Sabonis is out, Brogdon probably is close to it. I'm going to stack up this game quite a bit, um, but these are two of my favorite plays on the slate. Outside of that, if Sabonis is out, like you can go with some of these ancillary guys. Jeremy Lamb, McDermott could get a bump in playing time, but it, it's mostly Brogdon and Turner for me. Yeah, yeah I'm Lamb. not playing anyone if Sabonis is in, probably. Yeah, I think you could play Lamb either way. Um, you know, his minutes, you know, finally getting the increase, um, you know, off the bench. He's getting a lot of usage, a lot of shot attempts off the bench. Uh, it's a huge slate, so you might not end up with a lot of bench guys like him. But I, I do think he is somewhat interesting here. But overall, if Sabonis sits, I, I think Jakar Sampson um, obviously sees a bump at 3K. You know, we're good old Jakar Sampson back in our lives. Um, but yeah, Brogdon Turner, excellent plays here if we get news Sabonis is out. Uh the Charlotte side, this team's pretty healthy right now. You know, Graham finally getting the uptick in minutes. Um, but like they're all kind of like priced where they should. Like Hayward is a is a play at seventy five hundred, but like you're gonna need a, a really solid game from him at that price. Yeah, I'm I'm still willing to play with Hayward. I, I like Hayward quite a bit. Just the shots he's been taking, the minutes he's been playing, like over the last four games, averaging 38 minutes a game or had played 38 minutes in pretty much every single game, averaging 48, I think, during that span. Like he's taken t- almost 20 shots a game right now. Like just, I mean, I remember back to last year with Boston or maybe it was the year before. I don't actually know time. Time is irrelevant nowadays. Uh, but, like, when he gets on a heater, he just keeps chucking and keeps doing well. So I'm willing to just write it out here. It's not a bad matchup going up against Indy. Um, this game, I'm going to wait and see where the spread looks, but it's probably going to be close, and especially if Sabonis is out. I'm going to bring it back with Hayward a ton. Graham, I don't mind. He definitely has some upside there. I know he hasn't done great over the last two games, but still playing high 30s minutes almost every single game. Still putting up 15 to 20 shot attempts a game, contributing a little bit in other areas. So if he shoots well, he can easily go for 40-plus in this spot. Rozier is not a guy that I'm going to go with. I just don't see a ton of upside. P.J. Washington, if I'm not playing Hayward, their kind of boom bus has been inversely correlated when Hayward's done well and taken a bunch of shot PJ Washington's shots have kind of tailed off. So in lineups without Hayward, if he's not going to do well, I'm probably bringing it back with Graham and Washington, but I probably will have something in my uh, lineup builds that kind of has one of PJ Washington or Hayward LaMelo, just not playing enough minutes, not worth it to me. Like, yes, he can have a big game at any given time. He can put up a triple-double, but he hasn't been doing great recently. He hasn't been shooting the ball too great, and he hasn't been getting over 25 minutes in most outings. So his price tag is down to 6-2. There's always the chance that he gets enough ticket minutes. So I'm not going to argue with a GPP flyer, but it's a guy that I'm going to be staying away from. Biombo not going there. Not a ton of upside bridges is not going to be a guy I'm going to play. So it's predominantly Graham Hayward and PJ Washington if I'm not using Graham. Yeah, like overall here, um, you know, Lamella's price is starting to come down, but it's still like Graham, you know, still getting a ton of minutes, which is 
definitely taking away from LaMelo with Rogier and Graham. So I think overall Charlotte for me is Hayward or pass. Um, you know, I, I think like if you want to go Graham, if he's still cheap on a site, I don't have FanDuel pulled up in front of me, but if he's still like cheap on FanDuel or Yahoo or uh, Superdraft or, you know, or has low odds on like monkey knife fight, I think that's, you know, where you could potentially look for him. Moving on. We got Detroit at Cleveland, 215 and a half total. Cleveland favored by two and a half. Um, Hayes and Blake Griffin both out uh, for Detroit. And then Dova, Love out, and Larry Nance questionable for Cleveland. Uh, let's start with Detroit. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant was already crushing, and now no Blake Griffin. Um, you know, matchup against Cleveland is fantastic. Um, what are we looking at here when it comes to Detroit? Yeah, I'm not buying too much into Blake Griffin being on the court, being a big uptick for Grant. Uh, but realistically, I don't care. I still like still big fan of Grant on this slate. He gets like a slight increase in usage. I think it's 1% and 0.02 or 0.04 uh, fantasy points per minute and uptick. But like his two bad games were 32 and 39. Those were games where he shot three for 19 and four for 15 from the floor. Like he's getting boards. He's real been real close to the double, double upside. The last game he only played 32 minutes, but he got in a little bit of foul trouble and the game turned into a blowout. He would have been probably around the 35, 36, 37 minute mark. He's been absolutely crushing. Cleveland's pretty close to a similar matchup to Philly in terms of how good it is. Put up 48 in the last matchup again with the blowout and with the foul trouble. And he shot the ball a little bit better last night. He's been putting up around 19 shot attempts per game. I expect the same thing here. He's going to come in at very low ownership. Those people just still don't want to play Jeremy Grant. I'm going to ride this train for as long as I can. And a match versus Cleveland, even though it's not going to be terribly high pace, is still a fantastic spot for him. Right? You're not playing him. Rose is probably going to be back. Um, and like, right got a price increase to 6,500. So he's not going to be taking all those point guard minutes. He's not going to play 36 minutes in all likelihood. He's still, I don't know what his prices of on FanDuel or anything else, but on DraftKings, he's just unplayable at 6,500. Rose is not the worst idea in the world. Like he's always a guy that can go off for a decent game at 5,300, but still a guy coming off the bench, getting all that usage. His minutes are pretty volatile. Not someone that I really want to have in my lineup. Um, Plumley not going there like really this is probably just a spot where I want to use Grant and that's about it I mean maybe Jackson gets a little bit of extra run I know he got booted the other night for getting two technicals but he could get 25 minutes in the spot with uh, Griffin out not the worst play in the world at 4600 you have to kind of wait and see where value ends up at on the slate yeah I think the this thing that's like super interesting here is like Josh Jackson right Josh Jackson at 4,600 could start and crush in this spot with no Blake Griffin. I think Josh Jackson has a road to like 30, 35 minutes in this game. So I think he's like the tournament guy. If it wasn't such a 12, if it wasn't a 12 game slate, I think you could take shots on like Isaiah Stewart. He's, he's really sneakily been, you know, averaging like a fantasy point per minute um, here recently. So, but I think Josh Jackson is the tournament play. Grant, obviously a, a fantastic play. And, you know, Derrick Rose gets a usage bump with Blake off, but I just don't, like, trust the minutes um, for Derrick Rose right now. They're all over the place. So um, Cleveland side of things here, you know, Drummond finally, like, had a decent game the other night. Um, you know, the one time they played Detroit, you know, if you believe in narratives, he put up 64 fantasy points. Uh, what are we doing here with Cleveland? 
Yeah, I don't hate Drummond as strictly a GPP play. Obviously, we can't entirely trust his minutes. I know he had a good outing the other day, but he only played 28 minutes and just never know exactly where it's going to end up at. But it is a revenge spot. So just based on narrative and based on the matchup being a good matchup, I don't mind Drummond in tournaments. Um, Sexton is a fine play, 6,600. He's probably a little bit too cheap, but not drastically too cheap. Don't mind taking a shot on him in tournaments or bring it back if I'm playing Jeremy Grant in the other lineup. Um, Jetty, not going to use him. Allen, like I know he had that one blow up game, but his minutes are in the mid 20s at 5,300. Yes, he could outplay those values, but probably not. Garland's the interesting one. Here. Oh, so yeah. He's been, yeah, he's been coming <laughs> off the bitch. He's 4,600. Like since he's come back from injury, it's only been three games, but he's been right in the mid 20s, early 20s range. So there's a chance he ends up starting, but there's also the chance that they just use him off the bench and like, this is a guy that was taking 15 shots a game prior to getting injured. He was putting up an average of close to 35, 40. Like, this is a guy that definitely has some upside if he gets the minutes. They're probably going to give him some more minutes. Like, it was the second end of the back-to-back, and he gave him 26 minutes the other night. He's now had two days of rest. He should be good to go. Like, 4600 is just a silly silly price tag for him considering his upside and realistically his downside isn't that bad um he only played 22 minutes in the first game back still put up 13 shots only made four of them so 15 is a ridiculous outing for 13 shot attempts one for nine to the next game and then he finally went five for ten but still coming off the bench just didn't really do a ton other he could end up with 15 shot attempts here he can contribute all over the floor he's probably the best play over on the cleveland side and I'm probably going to stack this game up once or twice with Grant, bring it back with Drummond and with Garland. Yeah. I love the price on Garland. Like the minutes on the back to back really like give me a lot of faith in him here. Um, his price is just too good. I think for this matchup. So I really like this spot for Garland. Like I think you could, you know, obviously add Drummond in there too um, with these two value guys of Garland and Jackson. So uh, moving right along here, we got Sacramento at Orlando, uh, 221 and a half total here. Orlando favored by one. Uh, Bielitsa, doubtful. Aminu, Foltz, Isaac, Okoe, all out. Michael Carter-Williams, questionable. Let's start with Sacramento. What's standing out to you for the Kings? I mean, not a ton. Um, like Barnes went off the other night, but not entirely expecting that again. I know that he occasionally puts a big game. I think if you're stacking it up, he's not a bad piece to throw in there. Um, Fox at 8-7 is probably a little bit too expensive. Again, not going to argue with it. We know his upside. I mean, he put up 70 not too long ago. He's been consistently putting up 40. But the price tag kind of reflects someone with a little bit of higher floor to me. Holmes is the interesting guy here. 6,600. He's been playing mid-high 30s. He's going up against Vooch. Yes, he can get into foul trouble. But it's likely a spot where he's going to play a boatload of minutes. They'll need him. He's 6-6. This is a good matchup going up against Orlando, who's been kind of playing at a mediocre pace and been bad defensively. So Holmes at 6,600 is the main guy I go with. And I don't mind Bagley. He's been playing 30-plus minutes in games that stay close. If this game stays close, like I know he hasn't had a massive outing outside of that game against New Orleans. But if he's playing 30 minutes, his usage is still way up there. The guy has a lot of talent. Throwing in a game stack or even as a one-off and it's as a tournament flyer, five seven's probably a bit too low considering his upside. So those are the two guys I'm really looking at. Hal Burton, I know he played 31 minutes the other night. He's been good. He plays 31 minutes. He could be in real good shape, but 
I just don't trust his minutes. I don't trust his floor. 5-2, I'd rather take a shot on Bagley or Holmes in this game. Yeah, like Orlando, obviously, their their defense has been getting better here recently. Um, they're sixth best in defensive efficiency over the last five games. So, um, obviously, it's been better. Um, so, and, and like... The thing about this game that's super interesting is just like how bad Sacramento has been defensively. They've been the worst team in the league over the last week and a half. So they've been the worst team in the league this season by a pretty large. Yeah. Margin. So it's like, it's super interesting on that aspect. Cause like, if I do end up playing, you know, some Orlando guys, like who do I end up, you know, running it back with? Like, honestly, like if you're not paying up for like Fox, um, you know, like you said, Holmes, Barnes, Heald, like those guys, Bagley are probably the guys you're looking at. Um, Halliburton's minutes and like they're just all over the place. Like he had four blocks, two steals the other night to get to 36 fantasy points. That's a lot of secondary points. So like he's super concerning. I think like Harrison Barnes in this matchup could have a good game. But overall, I'm probably not going to like have to have Sacramento in this game. Um, what are we looking at here on the Orlando side? Absolutely love Vooch. Absolutely love Gordon. Um, don't mind taking a shot on Anthony. So like you said, like Sacramento has been pretty bad defensively. The difference between them and Portland, who's the second worst defensive efficiency team is pretty much the same as the fourth ranked and the 21st ranked or 22nd ranked. Like that's how big of a jump it is just from Portland to Sacramento. Sacramento has been horrible on the defensive end. Like this is just a beautiful spot for Vooch, who's been putting up 50 with a lot of regularity. This is a perfect spot for Gordon, who has been just stacking up the stats all over the place. Um, over 39 and four straight. He's paying a boatload of minutes, mid thirties, almost every single game. Like this is a beautiful, beautiful spot for both of them. Anthony, well, a guy that I like, I'm not really in love with any matchup. He's still priced at 5'5". Five, five. He's playing mid-30s minutes, and he's getting a matchup versus the worst defensive team in the league. If there's going to be a spot where he puts up 40-plus, I think this is the spot. Outside of that, I mean, Ross, Fournier are fine, but they are secondary thoughts compared to Aaron Gordon, Vooch, and Anthony in this spot. Like, If I had to go with someone, I would go with Fournier, but again, I prefer Anthony over Fournier in this spot. Yeah, actually, like Fournier more than I like Aaron Gordon in the spot, and like that obviously something that could come back to eat me later. But um, I, you know, Cole Anthony, he's fine at fifty five hundred. It all depends on like how some of the value opens up or ends up on this slate in general. Um, but yeah, Vooch has just been absolutely crushing. He he's just absolutely crushing right now. And like Rashawn Holmes, good luck, buddy. Have fun with that one. So, um, and then like you said, Anthony's fine. He's cheap enough. Um. We move on. We got Brooklyn at Atlanta, back-to-back for Atlanta. Um, no injury report here for Brooklyn. We had Trey Young and Clint Capella both questionable going into the Tuesday slate. So, obviously, we'll be paying attention um, for that. You know, it, it, like Capella was dealing with, like, a little bit of a hand injury, and I know Trey Young was dealing with, like, back spasms, I think. So, what are we looking at here on Brooklyn? You can play KD. You can play Harden. You can play Kyrie. I'm not playing anyone for Brooklyn. Like we say it every single night on a smaller slate. It's worth taking a shot on one of these guys on a 10, 11 game slate. It's there's no point at all. I'm full on fading Brooklyn. Like play anyone you want. Like maybe Jordan gets some extra run going up against Capella if Capella's in there, but 
I uh, good luck trying to figure out which one of these three guys you want to go with. If it's anyone, it's Kyrie just because of his price tag. But like, I, I have no desire to play any of these guys on a slate where I can get Luca for a few hundred more. Yeah, and like we're gonna say this about Brooklyn a lot. Like, I think the guy you take is the cheapest guy every time until the, like the prices have to come down. Like, you know, it's three guys splitting all the usage now. Um, it's not these guys like KD has had over 50 fantasy points in four of the last five games. So, but on, on a, on a 12 game slate like this, like you said, like we have Jokic in this range, you know, Luca in this range, Giannis in this range, um, Bradley Beal in this range. Like there's a lot of guys um, in this range, like that could easily crush some, um, on the Atlanta side, is it back to back? I think we're, you know, obviously we're going to be waiting for news here. Uh, Trey Young, 36 minutes, Capella, 35 minutes. They just like with Reddish out, they just played the guys, um, you know, all plus 35 minutes against the Clippers on Tuesday. So we're waiting on news here. If we don't get news and everybody's good to go, um, what are we looking at here with Atlanta? Capella and Trey. Um, So everyone's good to go. So I'm kind of not playing Hunter, Her, Gallinari, any of these guys. Like it, it, their price tags are where they should be. It's the second end of back to back. Not really worth it to me. Collins always offers a little bit of upside. He's been playing pretty well recently, but second end of back to back. Not gonna be surprised if they cut down his minutes. Capel is my favorite. Like he's just been absolutely ridiculous lately. Like just been on a complete and total tear. I know he didn't have the greatest game in the world against the Clippers, but he put up. 18 boards and 13 points like that's an off night for him compared to what he's been doing recently so i don't care if he's 9-1 maybe that'll scare people off it's a fantastic matchup against brooklyn it's gonna be a high-paced matchup brooklyn's not the greatest defensive team in the world and maybe jordan cuts into his boards a little bit but capella's the play here but we kind of yeah you're right we have to wait on injury news it's early on so you should know it before 5.30, but Capella is my favorite play, but I'm never going to argue with Trey Young, especially in a high-scoring, fast-paced matchup. Um, all right, we move on. Denver at Miami. No total in this one. Um, Dozier's out for Denver. Bradley's questionable. Butler's out. Gordon Dragic's questionable. Harkless is out. Hero's questionable. Uh, so obviously we're going to be waiting here. Uh, what are we looking at here with Denver? MPJ, Murray joker like joker's always in play i don't prefer him to luca by any means um but i'm guessing ownership on luca is going to be significantly higher he's always a threat to put up a triple double this game should be moderately close it's those three guys for gbps but the only reason i'm using them is strictly if i'm bringing it back with some miami players which is a decent chance of happening because there's a lot of potential value over on Miami based on who's playing or who's not. So it's just the three main guys and Joker is a pretty far second to Luca to me at that price range. So I'm, I'm probably fading Denver entirely. So what's, what's super interesting about this game is like Miami allows the fourth fewest fantasy points to centers and Denver allows the fewest fantasy points to centers. So like you got two of the better centers, um, but center is absolutely loaded on this slate. Absolutely loaded. Uh, we've already talked about, you know, Vooch, Drummond, um, Capella. There, there's so much. And we haven't even got into like Embiid and these guys. So um, center is loaded on this slate. I think overall Denver for me. I think Michael Porter Jr. is interesting, but I hate the price um, on a 12-game slate. If he doesn't shoot the ball well, um, he obviously could burn me. So 
overall, I'm probably going to pass on Denver as well. Um, and then, like, on the Miami side, like, if we get news that, like, Hero and Gordon Drogic both sit, uh, 5,700 for Kendrick Nunn, um, I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Yeah, no, absolutely. Nunn at 5,700, just what he's been doing lately, averaging about 15 shots per game over the last four. I know he had a bad outing versus Brooklyn, but that was just a weird game and didn't really shoot the ball terribly well. But if he gets into the starting lineup or even if he comes off the bench, like he's going to eat up a ton of the usage regardless, should play a boatload of minutes. It's largely dependent on if Hero and Dragic are out. But if Hero's out regardless, I think none's still worth a shot in GPPs. If both are out, then I'm, I'm going to be playing quite a bit of none. Outside of that, like, bam, not a great matchup, but he's definitely a guy that you can consider at A600. He's been playing pretty well recently. Always has a bunch of upside without Butler in there. It's not a bad price tag, but you're right. Like, center is really loaded on this slate. It's tough to go with him, so I'm going to wait and see on ownership. But the fact that I don't really want to bring it back with any Denver players is going to make it tough to throw Bam into any of my lineups. So it's predominantly none, and that's largely dependent on the injury news. Yeah, it really is just going to come down to injury news. Uh, if Hero and Dragic both said I like none, if both of them play, I'm probably going to pass on this entire game. Uh, Lakers and 76ers, uh, no total in this game. Dudley's out. LeBron's questionable, like every day. Um, you know, Seth Curry, I think um, probable – from what I read, and then um, Anthony Davis, questionable as well. So um, what are we looking at here on the Lakers? I don't really want anything. LeBron's fine. Luka's better. And there's guys slightly cheaper. He's 9.9K. It's not a great matchup going up against the Sixers. They're currently fourth in, de- or in defensive efficiency. Like, I don't think this is going to be a terribly high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a terribly fast game. Like LeBron, always in playing tournaments, but it was – don't be fooled by his outing the other night. It was in it Cleveland. Was in Cleveland. <laughs> and he got pissed off in the fourth quarter and decided, I'm going to put up 21 points. He shot 73% from the field, 63% from beyond the arc. It's not going to happen again. Outside of that, like he's been right around the 45 to 50 point mark pretty much all season long. There's not a ton of upside there. I mean, there is, but the likelihood of that upside hitting is not great. Same thing with Davis. I know 9K is a little bit of an appealing price tag, way cheaper than he has been. He always has a shot at a big game, but 11-game slate, if Davis kills me by putting up 70, then I'm fine with that. Or if LeBron does, I'm fine with that. But even so, I don't know if it entirely kills me because we got plenty of other guys that are going to go for big games here. Yeah, um, Overall, like LeBron crushed the other night. We talked about it on the podcast, me and Will, um, the revenge narrative going into Cleveland. But, like, how many times, like, this year have we played Lakers? Very, very seldom. Um, and then, like, on a 12-game slate, I- I'm probably going to pass. And then on the Philly side of things, like, I just – Embiid, if the center position wasn't so loaded, would be interesting here. But overall, like – you know, I, I think like the guy that I would most likely take a shot on is Seth Curry if I knew his minutes were going to be super solid. Um, but yeah, like he's dealing with like an ankle soreness. Like I'm not trusting anything here. This is one of those games on a 12 game slate that I'm probably just going to cross off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Unless we get news, someone's sitting. Um, and there's no point in playing anyone outside of Embiid, and you're 
it's not really because of the numbers. It's just because Embiid always offers a ton of upside and 9.4K is not a terrible price tag for him. Uh, moving right along here, we got uh, Milwaukee at Toronto. Total in this game. Um, Milwaukee, they're good to go as far as the injury report, but we don't have a total in this one because of Siakam. Um, he's questionable. Let's start with the Bucks. What are we looking at here for Milwaukee? I don't want anyone. Um, I'm fine with throwing Giannis in. Obviously, he has a ton of upside, especially if this game clo- stays close and plays a boatload of minutes, but not really paying off his price tag too often this entire season. Luca's on the slate. He's a much better play. I'll just avoid Giannis entirely. Middleton, been consistently putting up 40 points all season long, has a little bit of upside. He's my preference over uh, Giannis, but not a guy I want to play. Drew, like never know which game you're going to get from him a great game or just one where he kind of gives it off to Middleton and Giannis to take the lead. So like just fading Milwaukee. I know I got, there's a reason why I got so excited about the early games we talked about. It's because there's a lot of games that just offer me just nothing that I have no desire to play unless something opens up. Yeah, this, this game Another one of those games that, like, I just don't love. I think Middleton could, like, shoot lights out in this game. This team has really kind of struggled with, like, wings that shoot the three well. But, like, his price, like, he's going to need to go 50-plus, and he's done it one time in the last 10 games. So I'll probably, like, just end up taking my chances and just another team that I'm I'm just not very high on, um, like, if center wasn't so loaded, maybe Brooke Lopez, um, just to be different, but. Center is a position you're paying up for on the slate. Um, what are we looking at here on Toronto? I mean, if Siakam's out, I'll play Boucher. If Siakam's in, I'll play Boucher. Um, but if Siakam's out, then I think it gives an uptick to Van Vliet. Lowry, OG, I'm fine with any of them. All of them are probably priced a little bit too low if Siakam is out. So pick your poison. Pick which one you want to go with. I mean, my favorite on the board is probably Van Vliet. But Boucher I'll use regardless. Like, I know he's been playing bad recently. Like, his minutes have been a little bit up and down. I know he had a few games where he was in the low 20s. Last game, he played 30 minutes. If Siakam's out, I'm expecting that again. He shot terrible from the field. Like, he hasn't shot well from the field in a while. I know he was playing out of his mind. He was due for a little bit of regression. But now he's all the way back down to 6,500. I think that price tag is too low considering his potential upside. He can get a double-double. He can, He's probably going to end up in the 10 to 15 shot range. <laughs> So at 6,500, I think that there's some upside. Maybe I'm just chasing because of how well he did earlier. And I know that that's probably unsustainable. But if he's going to play 30 minutes, which I likely think he will, especially if Siakam ends up missing, then I think that he can crush this price tag at 6,500. We continue to move on here. we got Boston at San Antonio, 225 total here. Boston favorite by three. Um, Pritchard and White remain out for both these teams. Uh, what are we looking at here on Boston? In maybe Kemba gets up into the 30 minute range here. Like, have they given us a update on his minutes restriction? No, like they sat him for rest. Um, yeah, but he he touched 29 in that Philly game, the game that he was going really well. Like, I think he's in play, even if we don't get news and you just kind of roll the dice and hope he gets that 30 minute mark, he he could crush. Like, I think it all depends. Like, if he's starting, I think that will kind of indicate maybe extra minutes yeah so um that's potentially in play uh 
Like, I think Kemba's worth taking a shot on Smart. I wouldn't chase the game he had the other night. That was predominantly because he was dishing out a lot because Kemba and Pritchard were both out, so he ran a decent amount of point minutes. Brown, it's fine at 8,300. Tatum, I think that he might be able to get into the 35-minute range. I know that was his first game back, and they said they were going to monitor his minutes or limit his minutes. Still played 31 minutes. It's a good matchup going up against San Antonio. 8.7K is probably too cheap of a price tag for him. Before he left, he was in the mid-nines. So I think that this price tag is appealing if he ends up playing 36 minutes. If he doesn't end up playing 36 minutes and they keep him in the low 30s range, I still think the price tag isn't bad. He's going to put up 20-plus shots in this spot here against San Antonio. It's a positive spot overall. So him and Kemba are the two guys that I want to look at. If we don't get any news on their minutes restriction, I'll probably roll the dice, hoping Kemba gets into the 30s and Tatum gets back to the mid-30s. Yeah, um, I think like Kimba is probably the guy that I have the most interest in here just because of price and like overall upside. Um, but I do think like Tatum, you know, it was, it was a good sign. Um, I definitely didn't think he'd play 31 minutes coming back. Um, but like, obviously it's a good sign um, for him. So on the San Antonio side of things, I think DeMar DeRozan's price is starting to get into that range that you can roll the dice on him. Yeah, no, we see this all the time here. It gets up and then drops down and drops down and drops down. He was at 8,900 not too long ago. Now he's all the way to 7.1K. That's too cheap for this spot. Like, too cheap for pretty much any spot for DeRozan. He's definitely a guy that's very much in play. Murray offers a little bit of upside, but not a ton at his price tag, although he's a little cheap at six point. Dang, they really – they just misprice everyone. San Antonio is priced like they're facing Boston for sure. Yeah, I just I, I feel Murray and DeRozan definitely offer you some upside at their price tag. Like Murray, this is a guy that was a what eight K not too long ago. Granted, it was against Portland, but he was in the high sevens, and he's probably a high seven player when you consider his upside. Like both these guys, if this game stays close, it's not a bad bring back with Tatum and with uh, Kemba or even Brown if you want to play him. Like, on their own, I think they're fine as the last piece as a single one-off. But I think in a game stack, assuming this game's going to stay close, it's not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I think the thing that, you know, also for San Antonio here is Vassal has been playing really good, and Lonnie Walker has been hit or miss. Um, like, Lonnie finally got some shot-ups against Washington the other night, but Vessel is, like – he, he's like right on that verge at 3,900. It's just like if it wasn't a 12 game slate, I think we would be talking about him a little bit more in this spot. Yeah. Uh, Washington at New Orleans. Um, you know, this is one of those things where obviously we're going to be watching a lot of, um, you know, Washington news here. It's a back to back for Washington. Um, Bert Sands, like these guys that have been out, you know, we'll have to wait and see if they're going to be back or not. They weren't like, they're not like fully ruled out yet. Um, you know, and the fact that they're on a back to back too um, doesn't help. What are we looking at here? Uh, and then on New Orleans side, nothing injury report wise. So what are we looking at here on Washington? Yeah, I don't know. If, I'm, I'm assuming Westbrook's probably not going to play on the second of a back to back. You would think that he wouldn't, right? Yeah, that, that, but like maybe they were, they limited his minutes 
because of that. I mean, I know he was coming back, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm assuming under the assumption right now that he's not playing. So, because of that, Beal, like, I know it's not a great matchup going against New Orleans. They have been playing a little bit better of a pace recently, but they're, and they're still not a great defensive team. So, Beal, I don't know if I like him as much as Luca, but Beal is definitely a guy that's in play at 10.2K. Like, if Westbrook is sitting, if all these guys are sitting, if you're hoping this game stays close, and then everyone else, like, I mean, you play the other guys based on who's in, who's out. I know it's a seven o'clock game, but like it's tough to speculate on who's going to end up playing. So I don't know. Like, it, look, look to see what value you can get. And know that you might need to change your lineups a little bit after lock if you don't get that information before, since it's the second end of back to back. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's like this is this. This one's tough to talk about the night before because it's all going to be dictated by news um, that comes out of this game. If Westbrook sets, I think Beal is in play. But, like, it might be a spot that, like, Jerome Robinson has to play a a ton of minutes. Um, I have no idea. Maybe Nato, like, even coming back from injury himself, um, like, maybe he has to play a ton of minutes at 4,300. So, really going to be dictated by news in this one. And then on the new Orleans side of things, like, you know, Brandon Ingram, you know, it's been a long time since he had like a monster game. Um, This is a great matchup here going up against Washington, but I just so hard to trust these guys. They like when they're full strength, it's like, it's a mini big three, Um, you know, potentially a little mini like top four. Yeah. I just, I don't know who to trust here. Um, I will use bits and pieces of the, this Pelicans team. Like Ingram, yes, he hasn't been playing great for a while. I know they was going off earlier on the season, but shot attempts have dropped a bit for him, and he just hasn't been playing great, has been contributing outside of just points for a while. And even though earlier on the season he was getting boards, he was getting dishes, I know that's been a little bit because it changes with whose point, Lonzo being out, this and that. And maybe this is a spot where he ends up with a big game here. I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm not going to bet against it. It's Washington. They're the third worst defensive efficiency team in the league. They're the fastest pace team in the league. I have to assume there's a decent amount of possessions. Maybe being in New Orleans, they might try and dictate the pace a little bit more. But I just don't know. It's such a good matchup that Zion, Ingram, Bledsoe, Ball, Adams even have a decent amount of upside. I don't mind any of them. Um, a guy that you could potentially go with JJ at 3.2 K if salary doesn't end up opening up, or if you want to move things around based on the Washington injuries, because we're not going to, there's a chance we don't have that information beforehand. So if you need to pivot around like JJ in a fast paced matchup, I know he's been terrible all season long, but a 3.2 K probably offers you a bit of upside with this fast paced matchup here. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. You know, I don't love it. It's mostly because there's a chance I may be waiting on some Washington news or any other news, or I have to switch around. They right. like waiting for the late games has been a fairly profitable way to do things most of the season. Um, things can always happen. Things can always change. So just kind of throwing that out there. If you need to swap around or need a low owned guy, or if you have some space you need to make up and you need to pivot onto the lower owned guys, then it, it's a, it's an interesting thing to do. All right, uh, we got OKC at Phoenix. No total in this game. Ariza out, Hall out, uh, George Hill and Horford both questionable. 
And then on the Phoenix side, Booker is out and Sarge is out. So let's start with the Thunder. What are we looking at here on OKC? I mean, not a whole lot, especially if Horford ends up playing tonight. I mean, I don't know if he'll play a full complement of minutes. If he's out, Hill's out, then, like, you can take a shot on SGA, Basley, Roby, Dort, Dio, any of these guys. Um, But – None of them stand out as good plays. Like, this isn't a great matchup. Phoenix still plays at one of the slowest paces in the league. They've been a little bit worse defensively recently, but they're still a decent defensive team. Like, this is just not really a good spot for any of them. Guys going back could squash some of their minutes. There's always a chance that this game turns into a blowout. Like, I just don't see a ton of upside with anyone outside of maybe SGA. But it's a big enough slate where there's going to be multiple guys in the 8K range that end up going off for possibly 55-60. Yes, SGA can do that, but this isn't really the matchup where that's likely to happen. Yeah, like, I, I think the thing that's somewhat interesting is, you know, Booker's going to be out, so people are going to be playing Phoenix. So, like, if that's the case, you know, maybe I get different by, like, running it back with SGA because he's so expensive and I don't think a lot of people will be on him in this spot. Um, if Horford sits again, I think Roby is, is okay. Um, again, like the, the power forward and center position definitely seems pretty strong, um, on this slate. Um, here we go. Phoenix side, you know, Booker off the floor, Chris Paul, 3% usage increase, um, eight and 3% in, you know, usage increase, but the one that stands out to me the most is Cam Johnson um, goes from a 20% usage rate to a 25% usage rate. Paul Aiden Johnson, all averaging over a fantasy point per minute. Um, Mikel Bridges actually sees like a decrease a little bit here. Um, so I think that is, you know, something to kind of note, like his fantasy points go down with Booker off the floor. So what are we looking at here on Phoenix? I think it's predominantly with Bridges. He just had those two big games versus Denver and versus Indy. I think Booker was playing in both those games. And outside of that, he's been pretty consistent, averaging like 0.7 points per minute. But in those two games, he went off for pretty large amounts. And so that's kind of the way that it's worked, just because he got hot on both those games and shot out of his mind. So I think that like any of these guys are very much in play. Cam Johnson, Aiden, Paul are probably my favorite, but I don't mind taking a shot on Bridges. Outside of that, like Carter maybe sees some minutes, like, but not terribly excited about that at 3.2K. Like maybe, I mean, he shot decent the other night and got five boards, but like it's Aiden, it's Paul. Both of them are way too underpriced considering their upside. Like it's just going to be if they if this game blows out and they likely got there. If this game stays close, they're definitely getting there. The minutes or the usage increase is fantastic, and so yeah, it's it's predominantly Cam Johnson, Aiden, Paul. But I don't mind taking a shot on Bridges. Yeah, I think Cam Johnson's one of the better, if not um, best, value plays on the slate. Um, so certainly somebody I think we're looking at here. Um, I think he's a really really strong play. So yeah, and like Booker. Being out, I think Chris Paul and Aiden, like you said, these guys should probably have been like over 8K in the spot, and they're not. So taking advantage of that for sure. Uh, Dallas at Utah, 225 total here. Utah favored by four. Finney Smith, um, questionable now. Powell is questionable. Richardson is questionable, and Cleveland is out. Um, let's start here with the Dallas side of things. What are we looking at here from the Mavs? I mean, it's the it's the Luca show right now. Luca is just playing out of his mind. 
Doesn't matter the matchup. Doesn't matter anything. We just saw what he did in the last game. He's just phenomenal right now. 80-point upside in any given game. Like, just play Luca. He's my favorite spend-up on the entire slate by probably a decent margin. I mean, maybe Beal can compete with that a little bit with if Westbrook's out. But it, it's absolutely um, Luca. And then outside of that, I mean, if I'm taking a shot on anyone – you know who it might be? Um, Boban. Boban. Um, I can't remember the situation last year, but I know going up against Utah, uh, he did have one game where he played 25 minutes and crushed like 3.2K. Going up against Gobert wouldn't surprise me if they throw him out there because, yeah, he's another big guy. He's a big guy. Um, but like 3.2K, again, if you need to switch stuff around based on ownership and based on value opening up or not opening up, Boban's not the worst idea in the world, 3.2K, but this is just straight up the Luca show. Porzingis at 8.2K, probably priced about where he should be. He did have that decent game the other night. But outside of that, he's been at around 40, and that was a game, I believe, where Luca had a pretty poor game. So it, it's pretty much just Luca here for me, and then Boban for tournaments. Yeah, and I mean, I think Porzingis has to be out for Boban, but hey, I, I feel you, Grant. Um, do you, do your Boban thing, but guys, he could easily put up zero. Just want to throw that me. out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I think they played Utah three times last year and got five minutes in one, zero on the other, and twenty-five in the last one. So there's a decent chance that he does end up with zero. But he got me thirty the other night. <laughs> yeah, but Porzingis was out, so don't care. Bobon. <laughs> uh Utah side of things here, you know, Utah's on a back-to-back. What are we looking at here for the Jazz? On the second of a back-to-back, Mitchell had a rough night tonight or last night, depending on what you're listening rough to this. game. Yeah, but he shot horrible. Three for 15 from the field. Like, Mitchell's in play. Go Bears in play. Connolly's in play. Clarkson's in play. That's, that's pretty much it. They've all been playing well. I know Mitchell had the rough tonight, but Gobert's been consistent. Offers you a bit of upside. Not a terrible matchup. Price tag is right. Like, all these guys are probably priced about where they should be. The problem is it's a 10-game slate, so I'm going to be using these guys as slight bringbacks with my uh, Luka stacks. Maybe we second end of a back-to-back. Maybe we get some news about someone sitting. Um, but as of right now, not enthused about anyone is just taking as a one-off or a separate guy. But on a bring back, any one of Mitchell Conley, Clarkson, or Gobert are all fine. Yeah, I don't hate uh, like Gobert would be the one guy that like I just don't love, and like he could easily crush in the spot and have a monster game. But like I think opportunity cost at center today is just so huge. Um, like, there's so many. Like again, I'm just gonna keep saying there's so many great center plays on the slate. Um, we finish it out here with Minnesota at Golden State. Um, no total in this game. Culver is out. Hernan Gomez is out. Cat is out. Russell's questionable. Chris remains out. Um, this game just happened. Um, like these two teams just squared off. Um, one thirty to one hundred eight. Golden State kind of handled business. Uh, what are we looking at here on Minnesota? 
Yeah, Golden State handled business. I think it largely depends on if Russell ends up playing. If Russell ends up playing, you can play Russell. It's going to be one of the highest. No, it'll probably be the highest pace game on the entire slate. Minnesota currently ranks fifth, Golden State third. Neither one of them are great defensively, and I know Minnesota's and Golden State's defensive efficiency has been kind of all over the place based on injuries, but neither one of them are above average teams defensively if this game stays close then it's likely Russell or Beasley had something to do with it if Russell ends up missing then Beasley is the most expensive guy on the team and you can absolutely use him if Russell's out then I think you can go with McLaughlin um for 4k like especially if we don't know beforehand Vanderbilt you can go with Edwards 4.5k I know he just doesn't do anything any given night I get sucked into that trap occasionally but this game stays close. Maybe he had a good night shooting. He has shot terrible pretty much all season long, especially in the last seven, eight games. But if he gets hot on the floor, especially on a night where they need a little bit of boost, um, then he's definitely a guy that can end up going for a big game in a fast-paced Golden State matchup. Um, Nas Reed, not a guy I'm going with. Rubio, and I'm a guy I'm going with, but it's largely dependent on the Russell news. Again, if he's out, Glaufflin's in play. I'm not playing Rubio. Uh, if he is playing, then I think you can still go with Beasley or him. But yeah, it's his, he's out. Beasley, Edwards, McLaughlin. If he's in, Russell and Beasley are the two guys I'm going with. Man, I played Rubio everywhere the other night, and like I feel like that's a floor game if Russell sits again. He went one for eight from the field, still put up 27 fantasy points. He's still 5400. I think he's in play if Russell sits. Um, I think the, the news that is somewhat interesting here is like Culver being out because that's about 20 minutes um, that is, is going to have to kind of get filled here. Whether it goes to like Edwards or whether it goes to Okaji, I think is what you're trying to guess at. Um, Okaji is the guy that kind of starts for this team, plays a ton of defense, not a really doesn't do anything on the offensive side of things. Um, but if he were able to get like 10 actual points, he's a guy that, you know, can really stack the the stats up with steals and like rebounds and stuff. So I don't know. I think like if you're taking a shot on one of those guys, it's more of like your you had a snowflake or two um, in the early games and you're you're just rolling the dice on um, one of these cheap Minnesota guys. Uh, Golden State side of things like if Russell plays, I think Curry is in play for sure. Um, but as, as we saw the other night, like this team just overpowered Minnesota and, you know, Curry still had a good game at 53, but man, when we're looking at like pricing in this range, it's, it's really tough to, you know, kind of trust Curry at that price. I mean, they did overpower them. They lost, they won by 22, but Wiggins shot 10 for 19 from the floor, which can happen. Um, but Generally, he's not shooting that much, and generally, he's not shooting that great. Curry had a decent night shooting. He went 7 for 12 from beyond the arc. Like, it can absolutely happen on any given night, but with a blowout, they all have a little bit more upside. Like, Wiggins, Curry, like, can absolutely go for a big game. Ubre is probably priced about right, but I still think offers some value. He didn't really get a whole ton of run in the fourth quarter in the last game. He was actually playing pretty well for most of it. Draymond, I think is fine at 5.3k it's not the best spot it's not the worst spot but if you need someone else to throw in there wiseman probably not going with him can't really trust his minutes like it's not the worst matchup in the world and at 5.2k he definitely has some upside but it's too large of a slate to really throw him in there you're pretty much hoping the game goes to overtime or he gets some extra run so wiggins is probably my favorite play again another revenge spot for him and then curry's shortly after him followed by uber and that's really all i'm using and it's 
it's just if I'm bringing it back with Beasley or Russell, if he ends up playing. Um, you know, one thing to note about the game the other night, Wiseman didn't start. Looney in, in, ended up starting in that game and played, I think, like 20 minutes or something. Um, they went kind of smaller, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if we, you know, kind of see that happen again as well. Like, uh, you know, Vanderbilt had a decent game, um, you know, in that, like, role of, like, power forwards slash center. Um, but overall, man, it, it's just really hard to look at this game and, like, outside of like getting like two or three pieces from this game and just hoping it stays close. Um, that's kind of like, I think the approach that you'd potentially be looking at um, if you want to kind of chase down those early games. Um, let's play the morning grind game and then um, we'll get out of here. Give me your guy um, under 5k to seven X. Oh shoot. Forgot which one was which. Um, sorry. I'm searching. You got a guy that you can go with. I mean, I have a few. Um, I, I think, like, you know, I think Cam Johnson is probably the guy that, like, I think has such a huge increase with um, without Booker on the floor. I think I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Garland then. Yep, I like that one. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Uh, who's your bust at the top today? Um, I mean, probably pick a Brooklyn player. Uh, I'll go Harden. All right, I like it. Um, I'm gonna go Jokic today, and I've been been playing Jokic. I'm not gonna talk smack about him because um, I know he'll burn me if I do that. So, um, who's your favorite six X play on the slate? I'm gonna go with Jeremy Grant. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm gonna go Demar Derozan. Of all people, that's a that's a smart move there, sir. Uh, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Is Boucher that weird, considering how bad he's been recently? I think he is somewhat weird. I mean, I could go Boban. Let's go Boban. I mean, that is definitely a get weird GPP play. Um, yep, it may sink me. Yeah, like, I'm going to go Josh Jackson. Uh, I kind of already talked about how I really like him in the spot, and um, it'd be interesting to see what his ownership kind of comes out to, so um game selection anything standing out to you today um $12 single entry on uh DraftKings it's one I go to like in basketball I've like I don't know how much I've talked about this but my ideal tournaments in basketball are generally a thousand entries or under like over on FanDuel, I hit the twelve and fifteen dollar ones that are between five hundred and a thousand people. Like I hit, I always hit the single entries over on uh, DraftKings. The twelve dollar pick and rolls that come out throughout the day, I generally try and enter every single one of them. Like fantasy draft used to be big for me because their GBPs would almost always be under a thousand, and they got acquired by our sponsor, Monkey Knifeight. But like thousand entry tournaments like you're never like it's not like big field tournaments where one your entire year can pretty much be dependent off of if you got one stack correction or something like that it's all dependent on one day whereas those smaller field tournaments you're not getting those giant payouts but like the 12 dollar pick and roll 1400 um dollar entry like you're building up a bankroll because it's minimum 2x cash and it's 1500 to first so like 
long run, single entry, it's easy to play, and it's probably pretty good for your bankroll in the long run, especially if you're not a huge player. Yeah, um, obviously, fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I always talk about single entry tournaments. I'm definitely a one lineup person almost 95% of the nights um, when it comes to the NBA. So I like single entry. Speaking of single entry, single entry series for Rotor Grinders and FanDuel going on right now. $3 um, entry this week over there on FanDuel. Pays 25% of the field. Um, you know, first place is 3000 So somebody is going to go $3 into 3000 Top 10 is 25%. Min cash is 2x. Uh, really solid payout structure for these all the time. If you're throwing a team into that, you can definitely look at like they have a five dollar single entry, they have a ten dollar, they have a two twenty two. It all depends on like what price range you're into, but usually FanDuel um, has pretty solid you know structures for their single entry tournaments. Terrible for their MMEs. Terrible payout structures for their MMEs. Yep. Um, so I hate three to ones or four to ones, man. I hate twenty five plus percent to first place. Um, I talk about this way too much, but. Uh, I Grant, generally just throw mine in like the three dollar one as an afterthought, just in case I have the absolute nuts matchup. But yeah, not a big fan of those payout structures. Uh, what are we looking at here, Grant? Favorite over under against the spread? Anything standing out to you? Um, you know, first thing here. I mean, we don't have a ton. Um, let me see. All right, we got a little, a few more lines. It looks like uh, Sacramento, Orlando. I'm gonna hammer the over there. All right. Well, you can parlay that with the Orlando minus one. Um, I like their I like Orlando to beat the Kings in this one. So Orlando's getting healthy. They're getting like you know, obviously the point guard situation is still kind of murky, but Fournier being back, like this team rolls a little bit better when Fournier's out there. Um, so I'm gonna go Orlando minus one. Grant's taking the over. Let's parlay it into two of these and um have ourselves a Wednesday. That's gonna wrap it up for today if you haven't already like i said check out monkey night fights um the link will be in the description rotogrinders.com slash partner slash mkf get that 100 bonus um 100 bonus up to 50 dollars on your first deposit we'll be back tomorrow talking some more nba go look in your contest and we'll see you then hey kids